wherever you are, whatever you're doing, stop it and get to praise and get to worshiping right now because he is for you. Oh man, I, I feel like everybody in every home is worshiping so passionately right now. I hope you are. I hope you're joining us. There's going to be a day when we all come back to the house and we're all worshiping together. And I feel like we're going to raise the roof. I feel like the roof is going to pop off because we're, our worship's just going to be so powerful. Man, if that song doesn't get you stirring deep within who you are, I don't really know what could. Because that, that song speaks to the depths of who you are and the generations that come behind you and what God is going to do for you right now. Because His Word is true. His Word is sure. His Word doesn't have an expiration date. And like Rob was talking about yet earlier, is that He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same during my corona epidemic. He's the same during when I'm battling financial. He's the same when I'm back. He's the same. He's the same in the sun and in the rain. He's the same in my morning and my dancing. God doesn't change. Your circumstance may change, but God remains the same. Because while everything is subject to change, God remains the same. And His promises remain the same. His word remains the same. It's tried. It's true. And it's solid. It's a sure foundation that we can build our house upon. Upon. And maybe your house has felt wavery in the past, but I pray that right now that worship isn't in a building. And when we talk about growing the kingdom of God, I bet many of you, I bet there was many of us that thought, oh, let's buy a bigger building. Or, hey, let's, let's expand and launch more campuses. And God said, that's not really my plan, but that's a cute idea. My plan is that I would have every home and that every home would become a house of worship. Every community, every neighborhood, every city, every territory, into the small rural towns, in the big cities, and that no matter where you go, you can hear on Oh, that, that's why I love what it says, in the morning and in the evening. Because right now, you may be tuning in at 10 a.m. And here in a little bit, maybe right now, you're tuning in at 7 p.m. And 7 p.m. And we're worshiping in the morning. Some of you have worship in the afternoon. Some of you will worship in the evening. And all day, all Sunday, we're going to be worshiping in the morning, in the evening. I'm going to worship. I'm going to praise. And God's word is coming to pass. And it's happening. It's not just something we talk about. It's something we're living in. And I hope you jump in this and jump in the river and start worshiping. Because in the morning, in the evening, favor be upon you in a thousand generations. Come on.
and give God some praise wherever you are. Oh, fill that house. Crank the music up. Annoy somebody. You haven't really praised God until you annoy somebody around you. Turn the music up so loud the police get called on you because you need to worship God and turn your home into a place of worship, of praise, of powerful praise. God doesn't want you all just coming back to the building because that would be the worst thing that could happen if we all just come back and went back to the way things used to be. But he wants us all to all of a sudden change the way. Because even in the scripture that we're gonna to read today about Moses and the children of Israel, Moses is, is instructing and they're, they're telling him, hey, one day your children and grandchildren are gonna ask you, hey, how did we get here? Why are we doing this? Why do we worship Passover? Why do we do these, these things? Why do we make sacrifices? Why do we praise and worship God on these days and at this times and in this way? Why do we do that? Is gonna, he said, because you're gonna tell them, we used to be a part of a house of bondage, but now we're a part of the house of blessing. We're a part of the house of freedom. We're a part of the house that's covered. We're a part of the house of protection because I used to be. You're gonna be able to tell your kids one day, I remember they're gonna say mom and dad when did we start worshiping in our home and you're going to be able to say well it was a little thing called corona and and we thought it was for our negative and against us and attacking us but actually your mom and i we just started worshiping in our house and at first it was awkward it was weird we didn't know how to raise our hands when no one else was around and the kids would just stare up at us and wonder what are we doing and we just started to worship and we just started to pray and cry and then by the third and fourth time you kids started to raise your hands and we all started worshiping as a family because now it went from us needing to go to church to becoming the church and that's when our house became a house of worship amen I'm ready to preach. Uh, uh, and I got a lot to preach about. So go ahead and grab a seat. Uh, and, and I'm just going to take my time going through a lot of scripture. A lot. And the best part is, is I have a captive audience. You don't have anywhere to go. You don't have a schedule. There's no reservations at Little America for a Mother's Day brunch or at Josephine's. Or like many of you and all Christians are used to doing on Sunday when you can't get Chick-fil-A, you go to Cracker Barrel. And you, 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 can't, you, you can't have Cracker Barrel today. And hopefully, like Rob was talking about, you went and made food for your mom uh, uh, because that's the right thing to do. And hopefully you've cleaned up. If you're cleaning right now, it's time to stop cleaning for a second, Martha and spend some time at Jesus' feet. Maybe you're being distracted by your phone because you didn't put it on silent, and so while you're trying to stream, you're getting lots of messages because there are people who don't know that this is your hour to worship. So go ahead and silence them because this is when you need to focus on Him and not them. And you need to set aside a time for you and your family your future family and say, this is, this is when we worship. This is when we pray. This is when we spend time with God. And so I want you to look in Exodus chapter 13 and just turn there. Cause again, I'm going to read chapter 13, 14, maybe 15. I might preach for a couple hours today. I, I've got such a word that, that it may expound and expand into the next couple weeks. 
but I want to keep just kind of diving deeper in this and, and, and help you dive deeper in your relationship with God. Uh, but before we do that, I do want to just thank all of our moms. Happy Mother's Day. Honor our mothers. Come on, wherever you're at, give your mom a big cheer right give her a big hug give her a big kiss and tell her i love her if she's not with you tag her tag your mom in this stream and i want you to let her know you love her and say i love you mom and i want the world to know and then tag your mom in it right now because she's going to be blessed by that and hopefully you've already sent her a gift so this just addition to um, if you haven't sent her a gift, just be praying for that grace and mercy that you're going to need. Uh, but it's a wonderful Mother's Day. Um, it's a different Mother's Day. This is different than most. We're in restrictions still, and, and every city and state looks different, and country looks different, and it can feel different. And sometimes we resist things that are different. But can, we, can I just encourage you to embrace the different for now because different uh, is gonna help you. Something different will help change you and grow you and challenge you. And, and while it may be different, see sometimes in di thing, when things are different, we either uh, deny them or we over-spiritualize them because it's different than what I thought. So man, you, you ever had somebody who's just acting crazy and different? And so you're like, man, they're just demon possessed. <laughs> and you just over-spiritualize it. But if it was your different, you're, you're like, oh, it's just a circumstance. See, we, when it's somebody else, we demonize it. But when it's us, we're just like, well, it's just what I'm going through. And, and we just, we don't know how to, let, let me just tell you, embrace the difference. Embrace the difference. It's a new type of Mother's Day. It's a different type of Mother's Day. And I want to honor uh, the first lady, if you will, the mother of this house, my wonderful wife. Come on up here. Give it up for Pastor Emily. Happy Mother's Day. Oh, I love you. you. And we're going to have our first next year. So that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Right. Uh, we're we're going to, we paused on our in vitro plans. We've been telling a lot of people about, and now we're getting back into it. So this is an exciting season for us. So hopefully in the next couple months, we'll get, we'll give official news. That's right. You know, about the little baby yeah. on the way. We're, we're only delayed a couple months. Yeah. It's been 14 years. What's a couple more months? Right. What's the wait? No, Do you, big, no rush. We got a plenty of time too. Do you want to say anything to everybody or are sure. you good? Happy Mother's Day. Thanks for loving me. I love you. And happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> All right. You caught me off guard. I know. I love you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to catch you off guard. All right. Let's get right into the scripture. Thank you, worship team. You can stay. You can go. You can do whatever you feel led to do. Thanks, Josh. Thank you. Again, let's give it up for our worship team. Come on. Give it up for the worship team. We have an incredible, bar none, the best worship team in northern Arizona and beyond and so I'm super thankful for that. Uh, super thankful for just a, a, the honor of pastoring such an incredible church. Uh, if you're with somebody, pat them on the back and say, you're pretty good, bro. And just give them a pat on the back and tell them how incredible they are. Tell them how good they are. Speak some life into them because it truly is an honor to pastor such incredible people. I could go down the list with you of the incredible people, not just the people on this stage, but there are people that you don't see like Andrew Humakini. We have Juanita. We have Jeremy. We have George who are here and they're helping run things and secure things and keep things safe. And we have Mauricio here and we have Leo here and they're here. Omar's here and 
we're, 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 we're okay. We're keeping it safe. But at the same time, well, there are, it takes a lot to make this happen. And there are so many people inside of our church that are part of this church uh, that aren't here with us physically, uh, but are here with us spiritually. And we get the honor to pastor such incredible, incredible, incredible people. And so we have the best church in the world. I know that. And I'm so thankful for that. Uh, but I want to preach, I want to go further into what I started last week. Last week, we started a new series called Dorothy, Don't Look Back. Everybody say, don't look back. Don't look back. And we talked about how Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. And we tied in where Jesus taught about the second coming and remembering Lot's wife all the way back to Lot, his wife, his kids. And when they left Sodom and Gomorrah, it was destroyed by fire. And then she looked back and became a pillar of salt. And we talked about not looking back at what was, but look forward to what can be. And let's not remain focused on what we've lost, but look at what we have left. And because who we have left will help build the future. Because she was refusing to look at who she had left and she was looking at who she had lost, she lost the ability to be a multi-generational nation-birthing mom who with two daughters who would then give birth because she was gone, they gave birth to two despotic men who built idolatrous nations that were against Israel, sacrificing infant babies. Babies, and it was just terrible. The first son was Moab, and Moab, the older of the two, was that Moab ended up film, uh, forming the Moabites. And then the, the Bible teaches us, and I shared with us last week, of how the children of Israel were led through the wilderness out of Exodus. So now we're tying a couple stories in here. The children of Israel were taken out of Egypt. And in their journey, their exodus through the wilderness, they made 40 different moves. And we'll talk more about that here in a second. They made 40 different moves in 40 different years. And the last move, if you look at Numbers chapter 33, it's where they said they, they, they camped in the plain of Moab. So God brought them not on a random journey, but on a journey right to Moab, right where the birth of the son that shouldn't have been came from the disobedience of the woman that could have been. And because she looked back, she lost the privilege of birthing greatness from her because she was only focused on what was in the past. I wonder if there's anybody who's so focused on the past, you're missing out on the present because you're, miss you're so focused on, on what your spouse did to you back then. You can't be the mother you need to be now. And so you're, you're not focused or maybe it's the husband or maybe Maybe it's the kid or maybe wherever you're at, but you're so focused. You can't be the presence of salt. You become a pillar of salt. So now instead of preserving your family for the future, you become a reminder of what not to do. And Jesus said, remember Lot's wife because he brought the children of Israel all the way through the desert, right to the plain of Moab to say, I want you to start where she stopped. And I want you to start this journey into the promised land by remembering you're never going back to Egypt. Somebody say, I'm never going back. And I tied the story in with a fun movie. Uh, and I showed how little I actually know about the movie, uh, but Wizard of Oz and how little Dorothy was in Kansas and she got caught up and taken to Oz. And when she got to Oz, she had her little dog and we found out how to spell this the correct way. Uh, but like she had her little dog Toto and, and that's spelled T-O-T-O, -T -O, not T-O-D-O. -O. And so that's, there's to do and then there's Toto. And so we have Toto and she says, we're not in Kansas. Anybody know the line? 
Say it with me. We're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. And so she was speaking, hey, we're no longer where we used to be. We're in somewhere brand new. And, and I'm using that same platform today to tell you and continue to teach on the same direction that we aren't in Kansas anymore. We're not doing church as normal. We're not doing society as normal. And there are some things, even when little Dorothy went through her journey, made new friends, saw the Wizard of Oz, clicked her little ruby red heels we don't have ruby red heels but we do have masks and gloves but she clicked her ruby red heels and she went back to kansas but when she went back to kansas things were different they were never the same after that she had changed and because listen to me she was around the same people but she had changed so because she had changed her surrounding changed. And because her surrounding changed, her future changed. And so we may be around the same people when we come back. The building even may look the same. All the stuff may feel the same, but you need to change. See, the change needs to come in here because we're gonna talk about the children of Israel. And he took them through the wilderness for 40 years because while he took them out of Kansas, when he took them out of Egypt, when he took her out of Sodom and Gomorrah, he needed to get Egypt out of them. He needed to get Kansas out of her he needed to get the small-minded mentality out of them and he needed to get the slave mentality out of them he needed to get some things out of and i'm going to put us there are some things that god is using to transform who we are into who we can be and i'm blaming it i almost wanted to change this whole series after what i preached on wednesday i wanted to blame this whole series on christians and i know that sounds crazy but i wanted to say it's your fault you know, start off the whole message, just to, something to catch people and make people angry. You know me, I'm a button pusher. I just want to say it's your fault. Why? Because all of us do what we do. We started the year off and we said, I want a great year. I want a good year. I want, a, I want an awesome year. I want a year that everything is different. It's your fault. I want a year that everything changes and I get a fresh slate. It's your fault because you, you, you prayed a prayer and guess what? Whether you meant it or not, God took you seriously. And, and that's the difficulty that some Christians don't adhere to is that you think you can just speak and nothing will happen. That's why you think you think you can pray and nothing will happen and you think you can live and nothing will happen. But in your you have the power of the creator of heaven and earth dwelling in you. And when you pray, stuff happens. So it's your fault. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's your fault, baby. You, it's your fault. You prayed for this. And, and I'm not saying God brought Corona and I'm not saying God didn't bring Corona and you can't say definitively either way either, but we can say God will take Corona and use Corona. So just like God will take money because money is an unholy thing. It's a, it's not a, it's not a holy thing, but he'll take it. And when we surrender it to him, he'll take it and make it into something he can use because God can take broken things and make them into good things. God can take messes and make miracles and God can use even the imperfect to do a perfect work. So he's using Corona for his good. If for the devil thought I'm gonna shut churches down, but church just happened in every home around America and around the world. So he didn't shut it down. We just learned what China 
not even really what China feels. We learned a glimpse of what the persecuted church looks like. The persecu- we didn't get our rights taken. And don't make a mistake about this. This is not political, but I am going to speak for a second. Your rights as a Christian weren't taken away. Your rights as an American, which are not the same. I, just because I'm an American doesn't mean I'm a Christian. And just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean I'm American. And my American rights aren't biblical rights. My American privileges aren't biblical principles, privileges. I, I The children of Israel Israel were enslaved for 400 years and this whole journey do you know what it started off with for those who don't know the scripture it started off with a, a request for worship they said let's just can you just let us go for three days this was the request they asked Pharaoh just let us go for three days so we can worship and we'll come back so their whole their 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 request was small Oh, I could preach right here, and I haven't even read any scripture. Uh, the, their request was just, hey, God, can you just, just give us, a, if we'll just let us free, you know, we'll just worship for a little bit. What turned from just a three-day journey, like Gilligan, ended up turning into a lifelong direction because God said, I don't want to just free you for a minute. I want to free you for eternity. And I don't want you to just be free, kind of free, and go back to slavery. I want to set you free and be free indeed. And so he, he called, it was just a little request, just a small request of like, hey, can, can we go out and can we worship for a little bit? Some of us are used to asking that. And I love how God messes with us where we're like, he's, and he set Moses up. He told Moses, yeah, go, go ask him. Go ask him for just a little request. And I'm going to show you how I go exceedingly, abundantly, beyond, above all you could ever think or imagine or ask. I'm going to teach you now because you think you're asking for three days off from work. But you just asked for three months off from work. And I, you think that you're asking for just a, a little like maybe I can get a part-time job on top of my job. And God's like, I'm going to give you a whole new job because you're about to lose your job. He's going sh- to shake everything up. See, the journey you think you're on, you think you're on a little three-day cruise, but you're on a lifelong journey that will forever change your destiny because I'm not just here to make a small little request. And, and my rights as a Christian, don't always coincide with my rights as an American, because even though they may take our building, they could take our building. We're a 501c3. If I don't adhere to things, they could take our building, take our money. They could do a lot of things, but that won't stop the message from being preached. That won't stop the worship from coming forth. That won't stop the prayer from happening. That won't stop the passion within me because I'm not, no one's giving us permission to do anything. All we're doing is operating in faith and wisdom with prudence. I'm operating with the wisdom of the Holy and the guidance of the Holy Spirit under every step. But I also need to just just understand that, look, I, I, I don't need to be, I don't need to have all my rights as an American to worship God because even Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, anybody know the story? They said, even if we die in the fire, I'll still worship. Even though if our God does not save me and we die choosing to worship Jesus and they kill us for choosing to worship Jesus, I will still worship God. Because my rights and my privileges are not the same thing. And so we, when we see this, when we see this whole big picture, I want to get further into this picture and show you how much truth we can extract for a very relevant word in our, in our season and time. Because 
I don't want to preach just a message that just gets you hyped and fired up. And, or maybe it's good and it's practical, but it's not relevant to what I'm feeling because there's a lot of feelings out there right now. There's a lot of, on Mother's Day, there's a feeling of sadness. Uh, for mothers who are, are not able to be with their families right now. There are some mothers who are in hospitals who can't be with their, their families are restricted from coming to them. There are mothers that we lost in this season that somebody's going through their first Mother's Day without their mother. This isn't, this isn't just an easy, there is a lot of feelings happening right now. And for all the arrogant people out there who want to dismiss what other people are going through on either side of the spectrum, let me just tell you, you're ignorant and you're probably not going to like my preaching because I'm going to tell you what you need to hear rather than what you want to hear. And, and here at this church, I used to say, I, you know, in, in the house, it would always be a funny but also very direct kind of thing I would say and I would always say like hey we've had four pack services if you don't like my preaching and our worship the way we do things bye we need your seat we need your parking space and I can't say that right now because we've got an empty parking lot lots of seats but I can say you can click off because you might as well go back to watching Tiger King because you don't really want to watch this. This is, this is the king of kings and he's got a word for you and he's got a revelation for you that's going to have to challenge you. So no matter where you're at, you're going to have to lean in and break that stiff neckness and you're going to have to soften that hardened heart and say, I might need to learn something new. I might have to be challenged in my view because my perspective is how I engage my world and I need to change the way I see things. I need to gain understanding. Isn't that what the Bible says? In all you're getting, get understanding. We need understanding. So go with me to Exodus chapter 13. I'm going to take my time. Is that okay? I've been taking my time. I haven't gotten to my word. And I think that I, I, I might preach for another 40 minutes. I don't know. how much. Y'all ain't going anywhere. <laughs> Here we go. Grab another bowl of cereal and get ready because we're keeping going. Okay, so right in verse 17, that's where I want to start. I've kind of painted a picture for you, and now we're going to go deeper into this picture. And then it came to pass after the ten plagues when Pharaoh had let the people go that God did not lead them. I want you to underline that. God did not lead them by way, and I'm going to write in some scripture here. I'm going to write in some new phrases. God did not lead them in their way or the fastest way. God led them uh, by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So the fastest way, really was going to bring more struggle than they were ready for. And sometimes if you feel like God has taken you the long way, why is it taking another week? Why did he extend it to May 15th? Why are we going to this? And why haven't we been back to church here? And why are we? God's taken you the long way because the quick way will probably kill you. And he said, I've got to take you the long way, sometimes in your dreams, sometimes in your hopes, because the long way is not only going to prepare the dream, but it'll prepare you too. Joseph felt like I'm going to go straight from here to ruling over my family. But Joseph had to take the route of the pit into the prison, into the palace and all this and through. We all love to talk about Joseph and the coat of many colors because we all like to know how the story ended up and it ended up good for Joseph. But nobody would love to be a part of that story through the years of torment that he didn't know when it was going to end. 
Everybody likes to talk about the children of Israel and how they wandered through the wilderness. And man, they complained and they were just terrible. Oh my God. Don't these guys have a backbone? Don't they have a, what's wrong with them? Don't they have faith? God did this and God did that. And God showed up here and, and man, they're just terrible people. And we love to hate on them because we know the end result of how they end up in the promised land. But how many people have complained about what God is or isn't doing during a six-week quarantine of COVID? Because we, we refuse to see that God is still in charge. Everything's still going to work out. God is going to get us through this. But we just need to go ahead and say it might not be my way. Don't look back because I'm not looking back at what I, I don't want God to take me my route because my route is probably stupid. Let's be real. I, I'm just going to, okay, let's, let's, let's dial it back a little bit. Some of you felt offended. I called you stupid. I'm going to call myself stupid first. I'm, I, I'm not a great sense of direction. I, north, south, east, west, my wife constantly, she's amen right there. Just throwing me under the bus, not even helping me. This is Mother's Day. I just got through talking. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I, I don't have, I constantly, when I'm driving around, if my staff's in the car, friends are in the car, they know to give me constant instructions. And I like that because I'm like, I have no idea where I'm going. I could be going to a house I've been to a million times, but my mind, now this is, I, I'm still focusing on driving, but my mind will go, anybody else like that? Your mind just starts thinking about all the stuff and you're, and you're just daydreaming and you'll end up at home or at the grocery store or somewhere totally different that you didn't plan on ending up on because your way isn't the best way. And so I constantly need direction in my life and I need that for every area of my life. And so sometimes I need to be okay for all those who don't like getting directions while you're driving and you complain about the navigator because that's what a passenger seat is for. It's the navigator. Stop complaining because right here, the children of Israel did not like the way he picked. <laughs> and he was like, Hey, I'm going to take you the right way. It may be the long way, but it's going to save you because if we go this way, you're going to hit an adversary you're not strong enough to face. And if, and if I let you get beat that bad, you'll quit on me. But I know enough to guard you and protect you. Will you let me protect you even when you don't know you need protection? I, can I protect you when you don't really know what you're facing? I think there are a lot of people who love to speak from the incomplete information that you think you have about Corona or whatever we may face. And we love to talk about how we think we should attack it or what we should do. And we've got a better plan than Trump, than the governor, than all these other people. And we somehow know better about an adversary. We don't know anything about, but yet, and we want our way to happen. And God's saying, let me just, let, let, let me guide the ship a little bit. Let me steal. Can I grab a hold of the wheel just for a little while? Because because God's got a better way. Somebody say, God's got a better way. He said, so I don't want you to change your mind and turn around and go back. I don't want you to go back to Egypt. So God led the people around, <laughs> around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea and the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of, out of, the land of Egypt. Now, first off, I just want to even say about that scripture that he led the people around in the wilderness. And yet he, he told them we're going to, first it was a whole, just let us go for three days. So think about your mindset. Hey, it's only going to be a few days. 
Hey, it's only going to be for maybe, hey, you know what? Pharaoh set us free. I know the wilderness. I've kind of seen it before. I think it'll take us like, anybody a planner out there? Rob, you know what I'm talking about? And you're a navigator. You're a structure. You're, you're like, I'm going to lay this out. The detailed people, where are my OCD people out? And you are in the line and it's orderly fashion and you're being orderly and you're all doing your job, but you're looking ahead. You're like, it's 3 million people and it's got to 20, 20 miles to go. And the wilderness is, and we're going at a pace of about a snail. So we'll get there in probably 20 days. Let's just give it a good big number and we think we start making a, a a destination line and a finish line that was never given to us so now we have a hope for a future that we didn't plan nor establish that god didn't establish and so then when we arrive at the so-called imaginary finish line we're frustrated why because god told us what would do he said hope deferred makes the heart sick so what does he tell us stop putting your hope in your plans he said you are called to one faith you are called to one hope you are called to one baptism you are called to one salvation you are called to one direction one game plan i have the plan not you and we gotta be okay okay with letting the control go for all my controlling people out there release control josh is a golfer and he's really good at golf i'm not i like to go golfing but i'm not great at golf and i've talked about this and confessed this on stage before and it's okay i'm just releasing it so i don't have any frustration or or ill thoughts and feelings towards josh because that's all he does is play golf but i have when you play golf, if you, it, like, I, I just, when I work out, I try to do everything the same way. You know, like when I play basketball, I go all out when really you should operate in more finesse. When you do with golf, same kind of thing. I just want to crush the ball. So I grip on to the club and I wail back and I put all my back and my muscles and my shoulder and my arms. And Josh is hearing this right now and he's cringing because he knows all of that is so very wrong. And I'm gripping that. I could squeeze the leather right Right off the club and I just crank that ball and guess what happens a perfect line no just kidding slice usually offer a hook a terrible shot why because the more I grip the the worse I get but if my grip loosens and I learn how to just learn to keep it in the flow and finesse of it all and say well let's see let's just hit with a little ease here and we learn when you try to control and squeeze the life out of everything, you're going to kill the future you have. And it's only going to end up in error. But when you allow yourself to not control everything, and that's what we're finding is the difficulty for Americans. We, we even said it at the beginning, we'll only put up with this for so long because I'll only put up with letting go of my control for so long. And what we're finding out is it's not about our struggle with government or man, yeah. I need to let go of control to God. Yeah. And I need to get in order and follow. Because they followed in his footsteps and they followed him through. Skip down a little bit further. They took the bone. Oh, you know what? No, we're not in a rush. So go to verse 19. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. 
For he had placed them, uh, placed the children of Israel under solemn oath, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here with you. Because there are some things that we need to leave dead in the old slave land, and there are some things that have to go with us. There are some priorities that I, I am taking. I'm not leaving everything behind. There are specific priorities in my life of, of, of vows and commitments, of godly covenants that I've made that must go with me forward into the future. But there are some things, because they only brought his bones, there are some things I need to let die in Egypt. There are some things that I need to leave buried in Egypt. There are some things in the good old days that I need to leave buried in yesterday, buried in what was, buried in the past, and I need to move forward and don't look back. Because th this right here speaks to the, the covenant relationship that we mentioned just briefly earlier about Joseph, who got them into this place of favor with the Pharaoh, then they lost it, and now he made them slaves, and now they're on their exodus. And in verse 20, it says, So they took their journey from Succoth and encamped in Etham at the edge of the wilderness, and the Lord went before them. By day, in a, I want you to underline this, by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them by the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so as to go by day and by night. When should we be led by God? Every moment of every day, every touch of every night because I need to be led. The children of Israel were led by a moving cloud, by a moving pillar of fire. And I mentioned it earlier, they moved 40 times in 40 years i'm 36 years old and i haven't moved that much i've moved quite a bit but i haven't moved that much 40 times I, once for every year say i'm 40 years old let's round up because i love rounding up anyway so 40 years old i move one time every year that is a lot of moving people and through all of my moving i've learned a lot of lessons number one you can't take a lot with you and number two you got to be ready to move quickly because when it's time to move you got to pack up and go and you got to only carry what you can take quickly and so they learned over 40 different moves you remember imagine starting off this this journey that you first thought was three days, now you think it's going to go maybe 20 days, let's say a month. It's going to go a month. And now you think maybe we'll kind of camp here. And I'm looking ahead. We'll probably camp up there. And then the Jordans, eh, probably two more times and we'll be good. We'll probably camp twice, maybe two, three times and we'll be good. And now there's a cloud of fire a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud that guides them and they move 40 different times. Can you imagine how frustrating that would be? Every time you thought it was the last move, every time you thought it was the last adjustment, every time you thought it was like the last adjustment for the restrictions to be lifted, every time you thought that everything was going to finally get to normal, get to a place where you could settle in, you could settle down, the dust would finally settle. I could tell you right now as a pastor and just as a man, I have been more frustrated during this time than I can imagine, but I continue to have to let my frustrations go and be led by the cloud because the cloud and the fire represent the Holy Spirit 
of God. And through the Holy Spirit, I have to be willing to move right, move left, step forward, step back, go right again because I'm avoiding pitfalls because what he was doing through this wandering through the wilderness is he was evading enemies at different territories and placing himself in a better position to attack them at a later time and overcome them. They thought it was random, but it was strategic. I'm here to tell you today, what you may think is random is really God's strategic plan for you. God has a plan to navigate you. What I thought was like, oh, you know what? I guess I'll just go help my father in Lake Havasu and I'll do that for a few years and then we'll see where it goes. And then I got there and all of a sudden I got a phone call and that said, hey, you know what? Why don't you stay here in Arizona? Come help us plant in Flagstaff. I'm like, you know what? I could do that for a little while. I'll go and do that. So I thought just a random coincidence. I'm going up to Flagstaff to plant a church. And all of a sudden I found out the building I'm remodeling for a pastor in Dallas that his father helped build in the 60s. I'm now building it with him. And then I find out my grandfather is one of the pastors who pastored the same church, same building, and he remodeled it. Now I'm pastoring 40 years later. I'm pastoring in the same building, in the same place, in the same city where I thought it was random. God said, no, it's strategic. And God is saying, I'm bringing you to a place. I'm bringing you to a, I thought it was random that God would use me to get in the prison system and start preaching to the officers in our city. And I'm preaching to officers. And I don't know if you've ever, I love, first of all, let me just start by doing this. I love all of our blue. I pray for all of our officers. I love all of our officers. I speak life into all of our officers. And right now, let's just appreciate all of our first responders, our police officers. That being said, y'all know you're a different type. Because when I speak to y'all, you have the most serious looks. And y'all know me. I'm smiling. I'm laughing. I'm like little Joel Osteen up here trying to get everybody to have hope in life. And I'm speaking to the police department. They're just staring at me like, you know, no response. Just absolutely no response whatsoever. And I'm like, God, what, what am I doing here? Why am I teaching these guys? I feel like I'm hitting a brick wall. I'm going to walk out. They're going to make fun of me and forget everything I said. And I'm like, this is just pointless. What am I doing here? I literally thought that. And then it was only a little while later that one of the police chaplains who would listen in onto the teachings that I had, he came up to me and said, I'd love to have coffee with you. And little did he know that I'm in the middle of trying to find out where God's going to move our church. We need a location. We need a building. We're getting ready to launch on our own and we have no place to go. God, what are you going to do? And so I said, yeah, let's have coffee. And I have coffee with this random person. And I said, let's have coffee. Let's sit down. Let's talk about this. And all of a sudden he says, well, I'm a pastor too. And I have a church and I have a building. And you know what? I, I, I want to find out what God has next for it because I feel like I'm called to be a second man and I need a front man to follow. And, I, and so he, I said, let's go pray over the church. We prayed over the building I'm standing in right now. And he walked up to me in tears and said, I feel like God is calling me to give you this building because what you feel is random is really strategic. God has a plan. Stick to his plan. His plan will always work out better than yours. His plan will always work out greater than yours. His plan will always go abundantly, exceedingly, above and beyond all you could ever ask, think, or imagine from him just like the request that Moses gave Pharaoh. He thought he was asking for three days and he got a lifetime. 
And then he not only got a lifetime, but he freed generations. See, the randomness that you think that you're going through is really strategic in the kingdom for where God is trying to bring us. Don't fight the plan. Flow with the cloud and the fire. The fire may move. The spirit may say, hey, I need you to go over here. Hey, I need you to go ahead and pray for that person. Hey, I want you to go to Walmart today, and you're going to go to aisle five, and there's going to be a person standing there, and I just want you to not say a word. I just want you to be praying in front of that freezer section, and I want you to be praying, and I want you to pray out loud so people can hear you, and then all of a sudden, that randomness turns into saying, God, I prayed for somebody to be right here when I needed it, that I could hear prayer, hear hope, hear life, because what you think is random is really on purpose and every time the enemy tries to say are you really needing to do that does that even make sense man when it doesn't make sense is when it's the best usually when it doesn't make any when it doesn't really fit your scope that's when it's the greatest because i'm gonna how who would have guessed that a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire why choose those why not choose any other thing there's a lot of other stuff he could have picked. Why not just show up in like some kind of manly, godly old man looking form and hover over them and say, this way, you know, point and why not just a big booming voice or why, 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 why all this? Why? Because he was teaching us to flow. He was teaching us to move to the subtleties. Hey, the cloud's moving, guys. Hey, if the cloud's moving, everybody got to pick up, pack up and let's roll. And they had to be ready to move in that moment. Some of you aren't ready to move. There's stuff you're holding on to that you think you can continue to carry, but that carrying will actually kill you because you're not ready to keep it going for all the next moves that God has for you. God needs you to let go of that unforgiveness because that baggage can't move with you. God's wanting you to let go of that anger issue because you can't take that wrath with you. God is trying to teach you. You thought you brought only necessities out of Egypt, but really you brought a little extra. And God is saying, you're going to have to let go. With every move I make you, you're going to have to let another thing go and another thing go and another thing. You're going to have to let your ego go, your vanity go. You're going to have to let your jealousy go. You're going to have to let your drama go. You're going to have to let your insecurity go you're gonna have to you're gonna have to continue to let go because you can't look back while you're moving forward and i can't have you dragging while i'm trying to guide you oh wait 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 for me let me pack it all up again no you're gonna have to let it go you're gonna have to let go of your preferences you're gonna have to let go of your prejudice you're gonna have to let go of your issues you're going to have to let go of your, oh, oh well, I just thought church should be, I think pastors should be, I think worship should be. You're going to have to let go of all that. You can't have preferences on a move. You can't have, you, it would be nice to have movers. That would have been great as a kid. I'd have loved to have movers on every move, but my father called them us. And, and, and we were the movers because there was three boys and we did it. And we packed and we learned, hey, my sister, I would tell my sister, do you need this? Huh? Huh? Because we're the ones who have to lug it around. Trash. <laughs> I learned at becoming a master of the throwaway. Are we using it right now? Then it's trash. Right? Because it needs to, you need to start finding out what's necessary. Because I feel like while we're using the word essential workers a lot, 
What is essential for you and God to operate? Because there's a lot of things that you thought were essential that aren't really essential. And so now that you're trying to move through this process of, of finding out, God, what do you have for me and my family? Why do I feel there's a lack of purpose? Why do I feel the randomness and confusion? God is saying, hey, it's because I need you to keep letting some things go. There's some things you keep holding on to. You think you let them go. I thought I dealt with an anger issue. Oh, until I got angry again. I thought I dealt with my jealousy issue until I got jealous again. I thought I I dealt with my pornography issue until I got into pornography again. I thought I dealt with my lust issue. I thought I dealt with my pride issue. I thought I dealt with it until I really had to let it go. Because sometimes God will move you just enough to make sure he shook it all out of you. I'm just going to keep doing it. Can you imagine that, that, God, that God's watching and he's like, they're still holding on. Move again. Okay, we let a little bit more go. Move again. Okay, they're getting better. Move again. 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 40 different times until the old generation. And what that means is I don't want you to hear age in that because we're not getting rid of the generation that's come before us. They're the ones who've paved the way for us. But we are getting rid of the old generation of mindset. We can't have the old mindset that we used to. We can't have the old ways. We can't be constantly looking back and people telling us about what church used to be like, about what worship used to sound like, about what preaching used to be, about how Pastor Billy Graham was, or about how all those other people, and we preach about the good old days, but that's not what we're called to. We're not called to live in the good old days. We're called to move forward into greater days. We're called to move forward into more powerful days, more promising days, more hopeful days, more joyful days, more peaceful days, but God's got to shake some things out of you. God's got to get some stuff. Man, I'm not even into the full... I wanted to get all the way at the end of chapter 14. We're at barely, we just finished 13. No, I'm not even finished. I'm going to go a little bit more. But then it says this at verse four, uh, chapter 14, verse 1. I won't go too much longer, but stay with me. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp before Hioth, between Migdal and the sea, opposite of Baal Zephon. You shall camp before it by the sea. For Pharaoh, this is perfect. God, thank you for leading me to this scripture to end on. For Pharaoh will say to the children of Israel, listen to this, Pharaoh's game plan. This is where we get a glimpse into Pharaoh's game plan of when he gets to the children of Israel, what he's going to tell them. Because he's not going to kill them. Why would he kill the people he wants back to work? So he's not going to kill him. So what would he do? Why would he want? What is his plan? So his plan is this. He says, when I get there, the Pharaoh will say they are bewildered. They are confused by the land. The wilderness has closed them in. What the enemy is going to try to tell you every time God leads you to the precipice of the next potential point in your life is that the enemy is going to say, oh, but you don't know what's out there. 
but it's unfamiliar. You need to go back to the familiar. Uh, you, the wilderness is so vast and it's so big and it's so that you don't really know and you haven't explored it. You don't know what's out there. Why don't you come back? Because uh, let's go back to the familiar because the future has so many question marks. You are bewildered by the potential of tomorrow. So come back to yesterday so we can go back and look back at what was. You can come back to slavery. You can come back to working for me. You can come back to the way I used to keep you under my foot as a slave. I wanted to keep the church right here. I wanted to keep the body of Christ right here. And what I want to tell the church, now this is the devil speaking. What the devil wants to tell the church is, hey, it's too confusing out there. It's too confusing to try to navigate and create something new and to go and take new territory for the kingdom. Why don't you just come back to the way things used to be where I had the church quarantined. You thought you were, you think you're in quarantine now, but the church used to be in quarantine prior. And God is saying, I'm breaking out the church of what it used to be. And I'm going into the unknown, into the wilderness, into a place you've never explored before because the enemy's voice will never trump God's promise. And God's promise says, I've got you every step of the way. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you. Because I forgot to read the verse 22 in chapter 13. It says, he did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night before the people. When the temple, when the tabernacle was built, that's when the fire and the cloud dwelt. Then when the presence of God filled it, that's where the fire and the cloud dwelt. Because it was the presence of, it was the Spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit. And can I just tell you, before we close today, and man, I can't wait to preach next week. There's so much more in this that we need to unpack and hear and receive and listen to. And whether it's on stream or in person, you better tune in and be ready. Because no matter what it is, you could still receive. And God has a great word for you because you have now the fire and the cloud to guide you. It's not something you see here or there like that we started with last week. The kingdom of God is within you. The Holy Spirit is within you. The Holy Spirit empowers you. The Holy Spirit guides you. He's the guider. He's the navigator. He's the comforter. He's the one to say when you don't know where to go, he says, just go ahead and take a next step. He's the one who says every time you get confused and the enemy says, just stop moving. You don't really know if there's sure footing out there. The enemy keeps saying, well, let's just get angry about it and let's get vile and cruel and mean and vindictive and spiteful towards people because obviously our enemy is blood and flesh. Oh wait, no, I think I remember the scripture it says it's not against flesh and blood but it's against spirits and principalities that are not of this world i don't need to get vile with them i need to get into a spiritual armor against the enemy because the enemy is the one who's trying to get me to these extremes of protesting one direction or the other hating on one side or the other constantly blaming other people stop blaming you'll never get anywhere blaming and you'll never get into your blessing by blaming because God has a new level of blessing for you. But as long as you're blaming other people, you'll never see the blessing he has. So if I'm constantly blaming other people for what's not going right, all I'm doing is remaining motionless, stuck in one position 
wishing I was back in Egypt instead of moving forward with the cloud. You need to move forward with the Holy Spirit. You have, the day of Pentecost is coming at the end of this month, and gosh, as a pastor and a spirit-filled Pentecostal pastor, I hope we're all back on that day. But if not, guess what? That's awesome. Because it's going to be an, the holy, there's going to be an outpouring in every home. And I love that too. So either way, it's a win-win. Because the, and the kingdom of God cannot be stopped. Pharaoh thought he could stop him. Babylon thought he could stop. Hitler thought he could stop the children of Israel. There are so many people who have been used to think they could stop the kingdom. If you think that a government or any direction of political agendas could stop or manipulation or lying and deceit could stop the kingdom of God, you got another thing coming. There hasn't been one thing in heaven or hell that could stop the advancement of the kingdom of Jesus because the kingdom of God continues to advance and take territory and move forward because the people of God refuse to get stuck, refuse to look back and all they want to do is get in order and start falling in line and following our God, the cloud and the fire, by day and by night, everywhere we need to go. And God's going to lead us. We can look back and watch. He led every step for them. So why wouldn't he for you? He's going to do it for your business. He's going to do it for your marriage. He's going to do it for your kids. He's going to do it for your finances. For those of you who thought, you know what, man, I, I never, I can't teach my kids. I can't help them. They're smarter than I. I don't remember any of this. God's going to guide you. God's going to lead you. And even more than just you, he's going to lead them too. So trust the Holy Spirit's in them. Pray the Holy Spirit and fill them. Because that cloud and that fire the protection by day and the warmth by night, the passion in our hearts and the clarity over our life. Can you see the picture that God is giving us that we can have clarity? That's what that cloud does. It brings clarity. This is where you go. That fire brings that passion to direct it. Oh, Lord, we thank you. Come on, I want you to pray with me. I don't want to close passive and weak. We started off strong. We're going to finish strong. And I want you to be praying with me wherever you are. Stand if you can. And I want you to be praying with all fervency and passion and fire inside of you that the Holy Spirit fill you. And just say right now, Holy Spirit, I need a refreshing. I need a fresh outpouring. I need a renewing of the Holy Spirit in my mind and in my heart and in my life. God, if there's things I need to get rid of, let me not pack it up and bring it with me again. Move me again if you need to, to teach me. I need to let more go. And Lord, I pray that we would forget about the frustration of wondering if it's random and know that we have peace because it's strategic. And I thank you, God, that while our mind and our flesh may try to convince us it's random, let the Spirit of God guide us and let us know it's strategic and on purpose. And I pray against the demonic voice of the enemy that says, hey, just come back. It's too confusing out there. It's too bewildering out there. Don't get entangled in that. Come back. 
We need to shut down the voice of the enemy that whispers and cries and moans and yells for us to come back. We will no longer listen to the cry of the devil. We will keep moving forward in our faith. We will keep moving forward in love. We will keep moving forward in peace. We will keep moving forward in joy. We will keep moving forward under the guidance of the Holy Spirit with all boldness and confidence, knowing that he is leading us out of slavery out of captivity into our freedom and lord we thank you that there's a greater level of freedom that you're going to guide us to and i pray that we all make the trip i pray that each generation makes the trip and that no old mindset would stop us from entering into the promised land if you need to let go of an old mindset and preference and old ways and habits you need to go ahead and let them die in the wilderness Leave them in Egypt if you can. But don't keep yourself out of the promised land because you won't let the old mindset die. The old way we used to think and believe and act. I, I guarantee there are many that a lot of what you used to think and believe has already changed. So why not continue to change for the better? Let it grow you and challenge you. And Lord, I pray right now, God, Lord, that we would continue to be led by your spirit. Guide us through every move every move God guide us in every move there are strategic steps that we need to take there are strategic strides that we need to make there are different directions we need to turn and I pray that we would follow every turn every step every iota every word every move every action that you have that I wouldn't turn my own way I wouldn't lead another way I wouldn't be drawn a different way and I definitely wouldn't go back but I would move forward with the Holy Spirit and I would make every move possible in order to place myself in position to enter into my promised land and I thank you God that you are going to lead us you're going to guide us because we aren't looking back we're looking forward to our Savior and with every head bowed and every eye closed if someone needs to give their life to the to their Savior Jesus Christ and dedicate your life and choose Jesus today maybe you need to rededicate your life to the Lord you need to choose him all over again. If that's you, I want you to simply say wherever you are out loud, I choose Jesus. I choose Jesus. Type it in those comments. I choose Jesus. And now I want everybody to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I choose you. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. You're my Heavenly Father. You died for my sins. You rose again and you poured your Holy Spirit out. And I receive you now. Wash me clean of my sins. Help me to move forward with you. I'm forever yours and I am saved. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. Let's give God some praise. Come on, church. Let's give God a big praise wherever you are. Man. Honey, why don't you come and join me? As we close, I, I have to implore, encourage, just anything I can uh, to make sure that you are sharing, liking, commenting on this and getting ready for next week because we're building. Last week was just a start. This week is we're building a little more momentum and there's so much more revelation and depth and understanding and perspective and truth that I can't wait to share with you. So continue to tune in and get ready because we're going further 
next week we're going further. We're not looking back, Dorothy. Amen? Awesome. That's right. Dorothy, don't look back. Part two. Yeah. It was amazing. There's so much to glean here. If you are just tuning in and joining us right now, uh, we're about to close, but please go back and get the entirety of the sermon. There's so much to glean from. So let's do our Bridge Builders blessing. And again, happy Mother's Day to all of our moms. Let's say this together. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen, Bridge Church. You are a bridge builder. We believe in you. We love you. We miss you and we'll see you soon. We are so glad you joined us today. If this message spoke to you and you decided to make a spiritual decision, we would love to connect with you. You can do that by sending us an email to info at wearebridge.church and let us know that you took that step today. Also, if you are new to our Bridge Church online family, we have a very special gift that we would love to send you. You can also email us at info at wearebridge.church and share some information so we can send that gift to you. Again, we're so glad you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. So stay connected, because remember, we're better together. Bye, Bridge fam. My praise belongs to you forever. This is my testimony from dead to